everyone. Welcome to Season 2 of the Horror Press Podcast. My name is James Michael, and I'm here with Ellie, bad critic from Instagram. We took a little short break just because I got a little sick and the holidays, and then Ellie got a little sick. But we're back today, and um, we got a couple things that we want to talk about. Hi, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me back. Yes, I was very much incapacitated when we tried to record last weekend, so... Yeah, I mean, I got really sick around January 1st, like right around New Year's. It was some mystery cold. It wasn't COVID, but it would not go away. I still randomly will get like a runny nose. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, But yeah. We're all, uh, it's it's a vaccine reactions. It sucks. (laughs) Um, So what have you been watching? Actually, first, before we get into anything, what was the first thing you watched? The okay. first movie, horror or not, doesn't matter. What was the first movie okay. you watched? I'm so, I'm sad that you're asking me this question because it's kind of lame, but I watched uh, a Michael Clayton when I woke up on New Year's Day. Michael Clayton? Because Tom Wilkinson died right before the year ended. And he's great in that movie, and everyone was talking about how underrated Michael Clayton was, and I hadn't seen it in a few years, so I watched it again. And it's great. It's a great thriller. I watched But I'm a Cheerleader from... 1999 classic i love that movie like natasha leone clay duvall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so good i think rupaul's in it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a fun time i don't know if i watched it on tubi or mubi one of those but it was great it was the perfect movie for day one of new year's it's a fantastic 2024 it, it holds up it definitely does yeah Actually, and you know who else was in it? I forget his name. He was in Hook. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I I couldn't name anybody aside from the main. The main. He was. He also voices Prince Zuko from Avatar. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Did you ever watch Avatar? Yes. The Last Airbender, not the movie, the animated series. No, I did not. But you watched the movie. Yeah, I thought you were. That's talking about awful. The James I cannot believe. <laughs> oh, you're you're thinking about Avatar. Like the blue people, the Navi. I thought you were talking about James Cameron, yeah. No, we're talking about. Well, I'm not talking the about anim- the M Night Shyamalan movie. I'm talking no about one's the ta- no one's talking about the M Night Shyamalan movie. <sighs> what a bad movie! And like, um, I watched it in 3D. So excited. I've only seen people like dissect it, and I just can't get over how like white he made the quote-unquote good people and how brown he made the bad people <laughs> i can't like, get over people I... dissecting that movie <laughs> oh like people have talked about like how bad it is because like oh. it's like when something flops so spectacularly like that's also the guy from twilight was in it too which guy jacob jasper oh he played um i don't know one of the the tribes people but he wasn't a bad guy doesn't Shyamalan's daughter have a new movie coming out? She does. She's been directing. I haven't followed. I don't think she's she keeping the name, the though. She's got a different last when name. When they were doing old, because she was on set with him a lot, I think. Or I think she's always on set with him. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a little spacey. I'm just going to juice up on my caffeine right now. You know what I've been really up to, if we could be honest for a second? Absolutely. I have been elbow deep in Sound of Freedom still you're still on that it how much deeper can it go there's still news breaking 
about shit that this guy that the story is based on has done so like i am just my head is swimming with all of that and also i saw zone of interest last night and so i think i'm i think i'm spiritually unwell at the moment so to be honest zone of interest you mentioned you mentioned it or someone else mentioned it on twitter and i was like everyone's talking about this movie it must be playing by me i see it's going to be playing on thursday by me but i looked at the plot and i'm like eh I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It seems... Was it dark or is it like Wes Anderson-y? I don't... I haven't seen anything about it other than what I read the plot. No, 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 no. This is... Uh, um, so it's 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 been talked about ever since it was... Uh, it won a bunch of awards at cons and uh, t- it did really well at TIFF. Um, and uh, it's finally getting a wide release on Friday and it's A24 been, is distributing a- it. A24, yeah. Um, it's Jonathan Glazer's fourth movie, so he, uh, his last movie was Under the Skin, which was ten years ago, and he has been working on this movie ever since. It is about Auschwitz. It is about, um, the commandant Haas and his family who lived, uh, truly next door, like, shared a wall with the camp of Auschwitz while he was overseeing it. And the movie takes place... in their very idyllic home that they are very proud to own. And the conceit of the film is that uh, what you see is at uh, diametric, is diametrically opposed to what you are hearing because you can hear the sounds of the camp and there are things in the background that are happening while they enjoy their beautiful garden and uh, their pool and their you know, lunch. So you, you don't really ever go to Auschwitz. You just hear there's, it in the background. There's no on-screen violence, but it's discussed. Um, you're 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 fo- you're following um, two of the most reprehensible people um, ever to exist, and he 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 meticulously crafted, researched it um, based on on uh, on 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 uh, records from his uh, later trial for war crimes because he was in prison afterwards um uh and and all the research from the town where uh, auschwitz exists the people uh who gave testimony about that family so it's a very um he also shot it uh he called it Big Brother, the Nazi house, the, the Jonathan Glazer did, where they set up like 10 cameras around this house and like let the actors play out the scene almost for like for like an hour at a time um, and then cut it together from that so that you're never, he never tr- empathizes with them. He never personalizes them. They're always at this like, it's like you're looking at these creatures through a fishbowl of like their detachment from reality. It was um, a very affecting movie. I highly recommend it. I gave it a five stars on Letterboxd, but I'm still sort of just like in a fog from it. Um, it yeah. sounded immediately like icky. The moment like I saw, I read the plot and I was like, ugh, I don't know if I want to see that. It doesn't do the thing where they kind of like make you empathize with the villain, right? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. And, and, and he very purposefully constructed it to avoid that at every turn um and and the thing is is that like so like there's a scene where um 
his wife is like walking through the garden and talking to her mom and she's like and i planted these flowers and i planted these flowers and then she sort of pauses because someone in the background is screaming like you hear a scream coming from the camp and so she's kind of like a pause you hear a scream and she's like and then i also planted these flowers like she's not recognizing it of what's happening um and even when like you can't hear discernible sounds in the background there's just this like constant low um grinding like psychic scream i don't know how to describe the sound of this movie it was uh, it was incredible it was an incredible uh piece of resistance art i think maybe i'll see it i don't know it just I, I recommend it i mean i thought it would be like i wouldn't describe it as like a grueling experience but it is very affecting i mean i i generally like generally like the a24 stuff mm-hmm. so we'll see and everyone has been obsessing about this movie online mostly about like i cannot see it where can i see it why isn't it showing by me so i mean if it's showing by me on thursday i'll try to check it out i recommend bring a friend so that you're not alone was there anything else that you watched like i literally my new year's resolution is i would like to watch one movie per day and track it on letterbox like i never had a letterbox before so everyone is obsessing about it online and i felt left out so i'm like I watch so much crap. Why don't I just try to document it? So I made a Letterboxd account. I've only fallen behind by maybe four days. I think one movie a day is ambitious. But then again, I say that, but then there's days where I'll watch three movies, and then there's days where I'll watch nothing. So I'm sure you can you can get it. I mean, I, I, I feel like I watch at least at least one movie per day. So if I'm going to watch it, I might as well just keep track of it and see what it looks like at the end of the year. Oh, the other thing that I've been wa- that I watched was The Curse, which was the TV show. Did you watch the Nathan Fielder Benny Safdie show? I did not. I only know Curse like the old Wes Craven Christina Ricci movie. <laughs> no, it's The Curse. Yeah. What is it about? Um, so it has Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder are these sort of like home renovation HGTV couple or wannabe HGTV couple. Um, trying to uh uh she has this whole theory about how like making like eco-friendly homes um and revitalizing a community so it's a lot about um gentrification and sort of this uh um commodification of of poverty um it's a very weird show probably one of the most unsettling shows i've ever seen um especially with the final episode includes uh one of my true only nightmares that i don't really ever talk about so uh if you watch the show and make it to the end you'll figure out what that nightmare is where is it streaming um it's an H- it's hbo it's max oh okay yeah i'll definitely check that out because it's showtime it's either showtime or max i'm sorry mm. I don't know. I feel like I would have seen it if it was on HBO because I like live on Max. But I literally just it got. It might be Showtime. I might I might be mixing it up. I just got Paramount Plus because it includes Showtime for Twin Peaks. Oh, there you go. So I actually I know you know this already, but I actually recently watched uh, Old Boy. Yes, you told me about that. Tell I'm... me everything about your first viewing experience. I never watched it before. Yeah. I've heard lots of things about it. And um, maybe actually a long time ago, I may have seen the 
the remake i don't know i we don't talk about the remake it was really good I loved it. I wish, I wish I saw it in theaters. I know people talking about that they saw it recently in theaters, maybe like a year or two ago. No, uh, it came out. It came out this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have no sense of time at all. <laughs> <laughs> ever since COVID, like ever since twenty twenty, like I lost track of years and days yeah, and weeks. It could be six months. Could be four years. Who knows? I would have loved to see that in theaters. Loved to see it, and um, I. I want to say, I don't want to ruin anything here in case people haven't seen it because I feel like the the twist and the ending, like it'll lose its impact if you know what happens. But um, yeah, it was great. It was super, I thought it was a fun movie actually. I think. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a fun movie. I didn't think it was as like dark, dark. or fucked. Well, it's fucked up. Absolutely. Especially the ending, the twist. But I I enjoyed it. I think, um, oh yeah, definitely. So if you're listening and you've you've never watched Old Boy, highly recommend. Um, it's very like I've seen it probably now maybe five times, and I got to watch it in theater this summer as well. And um, it's 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 endlessly rewatchable. A real different experience though, watching it in a crowd of people as people react um, to it and as information gets revealed because the sort of wrappings of this movie is like um a revenge thriller right and so it leans into a lot of the tropes that you would expect from a revenge a revenge thriller um but when you watch it knowing where it's going you start to understand how the director is playing with those tropes to uh distract you and the assumptions that you make about the character because you're looking for those tropes are very very interesting so i highly recommend a rewatch and even if someone does end up spoiling it for you listen you can't uh spoil quote unquote uh the journey that this movie will take you on. it, it so. is definitely a journey and a half yeah for sure yeah. to me like this isn't very spoilery but the octopus scene the yes, octopus yeah. scene to me was probably the most no. jarring for me. I don't know why, but it just did. It is and jarring. The, the moment I saw it, I was like, it, my 2020 brain immediately was like, that's CG. That's not real. Mm-hmm. It's like really high quality CG. How the hell did they have it? Like in a movie from 2003, impossible. And then I immediately carefully used Google to like, because I didn't want to spoil anything. Yeah. And no, like they use a re- he eats a live octopus and the dude is the lead He's is Buddhist. Buddhist. Yeah. And he was literally like praying. Yeah. He before each take, I think yeah. they took a couple takes to do it, too. So he mm-hmm. had to eat several octopus like live on yeah. camera mm-hmm. and um, insane. Great movie. No, it's fantastic. And like I said, uh, highly recommend. And like also, um like if you haven't seen other work by that director, like The Handmaiden, I rewatched The Handmaiden recently. A joy, so great. Thirst, fucking underrated. I don't know why nobody talks about Thirst. So good, um, you know. And he has a TV show coming out soon too about like uh, like Korean spying in the sixties or seventies. Oh, my brain is so foggy. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm not giving you the best content. <laughs> anyway. I mean, you would think with all the, the love for, like, K-dramas and 
Korean culture in general nowadays that old boy would be revisited much more often. I don't think I mean, it gets spoken about enough. It's legend. It's le- when you know, you know. Now that you know, you're going to start to see people reference it all the time. All right. Let's so our that. first news topic of the day is David Bruckner is set to remake The Blob. I'm pretty hopeful that he'll do a good job. I know for a while Rob Zombie was in talks to do The Blob. He was obsessed with it. He likes that old-timey vibe. For a while I was kind of excited for it, but I think David Bruckner is way more well-equipped to handle it. I'm still recovering from The Night House. I think he did a decent job on Hellraiser. And, you know, as always, he's he's pretty good I with all his shit that was in VHS. So I'm hoping to see it. Yeah, I, I'm... I. Uh, I have the same kind of opinion as you. I'm I'm interested interested to see what he does. I should rewatch the Night House. I haven't seen it since it came out, and I'm interested to see what the what the what the second viewing of that is. Um, I have never seen the original Blob. Really? Yeah. I feel like I saw it when I was like a really little kid. I I rented it, and it, I think it may be like rated PG. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just, I never grew up around horror movies, so, like, um, that wasn't something that was, like, around me, um, but I I'm think excited to, I think there is an 80s remake of it, maybe, or a 70s, because yeah. mm-hmm. I remember there's a VH cover with, like, pink, and there's, like, a guy trying to, like, push through the blob, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, but it's a I fun s- movie, it's dumb. S- yeah, seeing this news has made me, has, keeps reminding me that, like, oh, I need to go back and watch the originals, you know. I feel like we're being a little um, cheated because I, I think Rob Zombie would make a ridiculously obnoxious, insane, terribly good blob movie. <laughs> One of these days we're going to have to have a fight about Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. You don't think it would, it would be like set to rock heavy metal? It would be something, that's for sure. It would make like, it for would a be... really fun music video. It would definitely be something. Yes, it would. It would be ultraviolet, white trash. I don't know. Sherry Moon would be in it. Sherry Moon, yes. She would be like the final girl. (sighs) I don't know. Have you seen Three from Hell? No. I saw... What's the second second one? The Devil's Rejects? The Devil's Rejects. That was the last one that I watched. I mean, that's a pretty fucked up movie. I watched it on a date, and it did not. On a date? It did not help the well, situation. I expect it from the mistress of the macabre. <laughs> it wasn't my <laughs> Take choice. Take someone to the I devil's rejects. I didn't pick it. Sure you didn't. No. <laughs> Second date was martyrs? I was a very good Catholic schoolgirl. Okay, never, uh, never watched anything bad in my life. So this is kind of big news, but not really. But Jacob Elordi has replaced Andrew Garfield as the monster in Guillermo del Toro's upcoming Frankenstein. And my big question is this. What the fuck is Andrew Garfield doing that is so important that he can't be in Guillermo del Toro's Frankenstein movie? 
I don't know. I have questions about this. This whole project, I keep seeing headlines for, and I'm annoyed that I keep seeing headlines for it because I just want to watch it. I don't want to hear people's anticipation before it even exists. Yeah, you know it feels like I mean? we've been talking about this for a while now, and it hasn't. I don't think it's even started filming or anything. Well, that exactly. It's like I can't tell if it's like just film Twitter, which is exhausting, or if it's actually just the trades that are like really hyping up something. There, there's something that I don't quite understand that's going on behind the scenes with this project because I don't understand why we're still talking, why we keep talking about a project that, again, like you said, they just replace their lead, so they're clearly not shooting anything. They're clearly not shooting anything yet, so I don't know why. I don't know why, but I mean, good for good for Jacob Elordi. I mean, maybe they wanted someone younger. I don't get this hype with him. I don't. I don't understand. Like, he was in Euphoria. I hated him. I hate him because it's still ongoing in Euphoria. Saltburn, insufferable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I guess people are just obsessed with a pretty face and the fact that he's like six foot, like a hundred, is gonna beautiful. work perfect with like Frankenstein's monster. I don't know. He's a beautiful man. The other thing that's, like, endlessly exhausting at this point, and I never thought I would get to here, but Scream. I'm so over Scream drama. Like, a thousand percent. I, and it's all hearsay at this point. No one knows what the hell's going on. Like, someone was saying that Nev Campbell was, like, finally on board, and then she changed her mind. And, I don't know, some, some clip of Melissa Bar- Barrera came up recently, and she kind of gave a very scripted response, which I guess she, she needs to do, like, to be smart. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just so tired of it. Like, just leave it alone already. Spyglass needs to move on and just, like, let it cook further. I don't know. They, just... I mean, they just really fuck themselves. It just like... never ends with Scream. Like, leave it alone already. I think it's just such a shame because it's like, you know, the the sort of f- five and six weren't great by any means, but they were they were fun enough that people were like having a good time with it. And uh, they just kind of like really squandered that goodwill that they had they had amassed. I mean, after 10 years or however long it was, like they came back decently strong with Scream 5. People were excited for the franchise again. Mm-hmm. It had really solid momentum. And then this happens. Yeah, they just, like, kicked out their lead who they clearly set up in the last movie to be a major player in whatever they had next. And so I think it just, like, deflated all the momentum. It's like, okay, well, why would I keep inv- – because y- y- you know what the message it sends is that it's, like, to, to fans is, like, why would I keep investing in your franchise if you're just going to yank it away over some bullshit? Uh, it doesn't – it's it's – very hypocritical especially when you look at Eli Roth who's making yeah. the sequel to Thanksgiving and it's a spyglass thing well listen how did we get there like how, why is it that Melissa Barrera gets fired from spyglass's like feature and Eli Roth gets rewarded with a sequel like it doesn't make it make sense it doesn't make sense Anyway, we could we can bitch about this like all day. We really can. <laughs> and I think we've done it in a previous episode. 
I just recommend that we have done it in a previous episode. I would recommend people go see the zone of interest and un- <laughs> which really dissects how people can disassociate from the horrors that are happening right on the other side of a wall. Um, and that it's, uh, it is possible for humans to, uh, completely compartmentalize the, the, uh, genocide that they are, uh, actively involved in. A hundred percent. Moving on. hundred percent. We are at the point where we need to discuss Infested, which I've been seeing mention that they used live spiders for this movie. Listen, before we talk about this, I'm going to watch this trailer, okay? Okay. You sent it to me and I screamed just because of the thumbnail. So I've been putting off watching it until the last possible second, which is right now. So let me preface this by also saying... The old-timey horror comedy, I didn't know this was even a horror comedy, arachnophobia traumatized me as a child. Mm. Like, mm. I don't mm. think spiders breathe the way people do. Like, I've I've read in books that they have, like, book lungs or something like that. But I would hallucinate as a child that there was a spider in my bed, and I would feel it breathing on my legs because of that <gasps> fucking movie. <gasps> and I would just, little five-year-old me would just sit there paralyzed because I felt if I moved, the spider would bite me. So I would just sit there paralyzed in bed because of arachnophobia. I can only imagine what Infested is going to do for me. So, like, I'll watch almost anything. The thing that I will never watch, I don't like watching, is bug horror stuff. Stuff with bugs. Fucking hate it. Bug stuff doesn't normally bother me because usually it's so poorly CGI'd that I can get over it. But arachnophobia, I feel, was so well done back then. And this looks like it's so well done as well okay. it's a 50 second trailer i'm just gonna get through it okay I'm okay just gonna so get i'm gonna through it. let's listen just gonna let you you guys just get to hear me scream okay crank that volume okay no spiders yet oh bugs okay it's fine they're in jars oh he's opening a jar with a spider in it that's not okay don't do that uh oh, oh that's just a fly Oh, no, it's not. It's a spider. What's that? What is that? No, that's too many spiders. No, that's too many spiders. No. 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 I hate it. I hate this. <laughs> it's badass. I'm never going to watch I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> that that could be like a paywall Patreon episode. <laughs> okay, okay. Now's the time when we're going to talk about money. If you are listening to this, you want to put me through that. I will I will do it if I get paid, okay? That means you guys have to put money into horror press through the patreon okay if you like this content and you want to see me fucking squirm then go support the patreon i mean at that point they'll watch me squirm too because some of those images were heinous i will not watch that movie unless i'm getting paid like straight up the way that like i am not okay right now (laughs) i always wonder like how do they do that like, some older movies, like, they'll show the tarantula coming out of someone's mouth. 
mm-hmm. how the hell like I can't see anybody doing that and they have got those prickly cactus hairs all over them and there's it's in like, your mouth there's ways to do it like um do you okay so you know hocus pocus yeah you know the actor who plays what his name's doug uh something he's like a, a, a legendary creature actor um who plays the guy that like comes back from the dead and he has like a bunch of moss in his mouth mm-hmm. do you remember that scene yeah so they shot it with like um he had like a cage in his mouth with a moss cage in it. Yeah, it's like a little cage because there's a moth wrangler, right? So they have to do it ethically so that the moths don't die. Um, and I think uh, Candyman too. There's like they had a bee wrangler, and he, and there's a way that they a contraption that they use in his mouth so that you could have the bees come out of his mouth. I just the sensation it doesn't like go down your throat or anything. Even the bees, like I'm not scared of bees at all. They don't bother me. No bees, but like hurt you. the vibration of how they move would drive my mm-hmm. mouth nuts. Oh, it's very, very icky. But even bees, like the bees, they're not scary. This shit, absolutely no. not. I don't know. But some people aren't afraid of spiders, and no, you know I'm what? Terrified. Those people are magical. I honestly, because I'm a crazy person, I'm terrified of spiders. I decided to buy a tarantula. To, like, get over my fear, I bought a cute little Chilean rose hair, and her name was Sheila, who Aww. turned out to be a boy. And, um, no, it lived in its terrarium happily until it died, but I could never, I, it was just there. I couldn't. Yeah, no. Too scary. No, thank you. No. I'm okay with, there's, like, little spiders we have here, up here, that are super harmless. They just, like, eat bugs. Do you have wolf I- spiders in, in Canada? You do, but you don't see them in the city as much. Hmm. If you if you're out if more in the suburbs, then yeah, yeah, you can see wolf spiders. No, thank um, you. Black widows, I think too. Um, big ass, big bulbous spiders. But as long as they're outside, I'm okay. If they're outside, that's fine. They belong outside. It's when like they're in your bed that's not okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. As terrified as I am of spiders, I don't kill them. Mm-hmm. I have a no like bedroom rule though. If I get naked in the room, the spider can't be in there. Like yeah, bathrooms exactly. and bedrooms, anywhere else, I don't really care. I've I started to try to put them outside now. Too. No, that and that involves too much touching. It's not once you get the hang of it, it's not that bad. And I also, like I said, like the what, spiders that we have up here are so like little and harmless that they're not they're not like the ones in that trailer. Okay, let me tell you. Ugh gross okay well thank you for putting me through that you're welcome i'm i'm just happy i was able to experience it with you listen i knew i was gonna scream and i'm like well we'll do it for content then our next little bit of news there hasn't been that much actually but until dawn which is a really amazing franchise of games is coming mm-hmm. out with a movie. I'm a little confused by this just because, honestly, the games themselves are very cinematic. It's basically like you're playing a movie. So what are you gaining by turning it into a movie? Unless you're just, like, turning the games into a movie for the people that haven't played them, mm. I, I guess. Because like, the stories are very well done. Very well done. So maybe they're just you know remaking it into a movie for those that haven't played them i don't know yeah you gotta give us non-gamers some content here you know I don't, if uh... even if you're not the the fun thing is that you're literally just playing through a movie so 
you don't have to have much skill other than if you want to play it so that everyone survives because mm. the characters do die based on your choices. So, I, I mean, any noob can just pick up a controller and play through the storyline. It doesn't require much skill. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun because you get attached to all these characters. You're playing as them and they die. Right. Some of them have plot armor until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them are cannon fodder and are like the difficulty lies in certain characters are very easy to get killed. So avoiding that from happening right. is where it gets hard. I haven't had a zero kill playthrough ever, <laughs> but I mean, it, it would be fun to do. And is, I just don't know like what the point of making this into a movie is. Is Until Dawn the one that's in a camp with, like, werewolves? So in part one, I don't remember exactly what it was. It may have been werewolves. I know in part two it was Wendigos. Oh, maybe it was Wendigos, yeah. I think I saw a bunch of people. I watched streamers play through it. different. So I've seen a bunch of versions of it. Uh, but it seemed fun. But yeah. With the right storyline, the movie will be great. I mean, the setup is all there. The elements are all there. Just, like, as long as it's not, like, a, like, just catering to fans, like, make something new out of it, you know? And, like, have a, have a thesis, have a, have a message for it, you know? So, in Until Dawn, like, the first one, it was an actual person. It was the psycho. Mm-hmm. And he would, like, do traps and shit. Oh. And uh, Hayden Panettiere was in that one. Oh, fun. Which was really cool, because it. They used whatever technology they had back then to basically put her in the game. And everything is voice acted. So it really feels like a a movie. Right. Um, Part two was definitely a Wendigo. Um, I think it was part two that I saw. Yeah. Part one is is really good. Part two Mm -hmm. was not as strong, but they're both incredible games. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking of The Quarry. I'm sorry. I don't think I've seen anything. I'm thinking of The Quarry. So Until Dawn (gasps) was part one. The Quarry was part two. Oh, okay. We are talking about the same <laughs> we, thing. We Yay! are talking about the same thing. Yeah, I had to look that up. I don't know That's why I was lumping it in as Until Dawn 1 and 2. But no, Until Dawn was the first one. And then the quarry was like the second one. Totally different stories. Oh, that's fun. So they're making the first one. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say, there aren't many Wendigo movies. Yeah, you don't see. I think the last one I Wendigo. remember was Antlers. Yeah. Which I did not like. I did not like antlers. I like the creature design a lot. In and you don't movie. get to see it very much. No, I liked, but I, I kind of liked that. I just thought that the, it was a very on the nose metaphor, and it and it was kind of the storyline was kind of lacking. It was very dark too. It was a very dark story. Yeah. Yeah. What I didn't like was that they show you the monster in the trailer. That's true, they did like, do that. Like, that was stupid. And that was one of those COVID movies where they teased it before COVID, mm. and then they kept delaying it and delaying it, and then finally when it came out, it was like, I've seen the monster a million times. I remember what I disliked about that movie, is that in the trailer, they mentioned that it's an indigenous folklore, and so I was like, oh, is this actually going to be an indigenous story? And no, they don't ever include anybody indigenous at all in the storyline. It's not part of the story at all. And I found that very... Mm, I was not pleased with that. I didn't know, like, how taboo Wendigos were for indigenous people. Like, they don't even want you saying the word. No, you're not. Yeah, it's the other, the... Skin the S, walker? The SW word oh, you're not that supposed one? to say. Yeah. I wonder why. I think when it's a, it's a superstition. I mean, people that Like really saying Voldemort? It, yeah, yeah. Uh. People that really believe in it are like, you just don't fuck with that. It's like my... 
like uh, my Italian family, like there's certain superstitions that like you just don't. They're the most logical, normal people, but there's certain superstitions like you just don't question. I would think Wendigo would be the scary word because that sounds like the proper word. Mm-hmm. The other one is like just what people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. it's just TikTok. Maybe it's either TikTok way. In our um, heads. I wasn't impressed by antlers. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to Until Dawn. Like, I, I don't know. I think 2023, I don't know how you felt about it. I think it was kind of like a mid-year for horror. Like, we had some really great stuff, but I think a lot of people were, like, working out their weird COVID frustrations and put out their strange art project. And we had a lot of strange stuff in 2023, so I'm hoping 2024 we get some bigger stuff. I think, though we're probably going to be in another mess for a good portion of 2024 only because of the writer strike. Because of the strikes, yeah. Even I, now, yeah. like, for content for horror press, there's a couple months where, like, nothing is coming out except for, like, really tiny projects. Yeah, and I've seen already a few a few uh, release dates get in the, in the first half of 2024 are getting sh- m- bumped up, yeah. shifted around, I think, because there's just, like, a bit of a vacuum. Speaking about movies that have gotten bumped up, around all mm-hmm. over the place salem's lot oh what is happening with salem's like lot? it was supposed to come out in september it still has no real like release date i'm assuming at this point it's just like streaming fodder i don't know St- stephen king has like my... tried to hype it but i feel like at this point stephen king hypes everything just because and that doesn't mean anything it completely fell off my radar that that was happening yeah i think the th- the thing with with Stephen King's stories that I that frustrate me is that um, I feel like he doesn't um, go hard enough in the end in the final act, and he and he doesn't. Um, ha- so many of his stories end with people explaining things. The final act is people explaining things, or they have like a mind battle, and I'm like, enough, please stop. <laughs> Give me something tangible, you know? I loved it part one. I -hmm. didn't like it part two. No, it revisits its own part one. So I'm like, why did we have part one if you're just going to keep going back to their childhood? Like the whole point of splitting it into two was to have... Like the book, the storyline is split between childhood and adult. So why did you split the movie into like... Yeah, so Salem's Lot, I don't know what the hell's going on with it. I'm assuming it's going to come out at some point in 2024. I don't know why they're holding on to it. They're, they held on to Pet Cemetery for forever, too. Um, I I still have yet to see Pet Cemetery. I really have no interest in Bloodlines seeing it. Bloodlines or the original? Bloodlines, the sequel. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was yeah. very bad. I mean, a lot of these streaming Stephen King movies haven't been good. Like Firestarter, the new one, the the remake was pretty awful. The one that came okay, out like two we, years ago. Listen, I think we're really, 2024 is going to be the year that we really start to see the lack of quality in these streaming movies where you can tell like this needed another rewrite. This needed an extra budget to actually like show interesting practical effects. I'm so tired of these of, of these like bad CGI kills for lack of a better term. Do you know what I'm describing when I say that? Like um, for a horror movie, like for the impact to really stay with you, like I want the violence to feel 
horrific. And I feel like half the time people just, okay, this sounds so bad when I try to explain it, but like you'll see these horror movies where it'll be like people will just die really quickly or um, the characters will kind of just get over their death. And, um, and it all, and to me it feels like a lack of budget and a lack of like craft into like how to make something really scary because they're just trying to shoot it all in the most efficient, straightforward way possible, fix it all in post mentality, blah, blah, blah. It's very much like the Marvel, Marvelification. Yeah. Because they just follow the formula. To me, it's like if you have to CGI blood, we have a yeah. problem. Like, there is a fine art to the making of fake blood. And if you have to CGI it into like bullet wounds and stuff like that, like we have a problem. Yeah. And it's like that to me is like such that's such a that's such an excellent point because it's like there's so much knowledge and experts out there on like how to make fake blood look great on camera, depending on what you want the kill to look like. But it takes time to set up and it's expensive because like you have to like have multiple shirts because you got to do multiple takes. You can't just like rinse it out and start again. Like it takes a while to reset your shot when you're using fake blood. So if you are trying to cut slash your costs to be as cheap as possible, then yeah, just do see, just do blood in, in post is like an obvious thing, but it doesn't feel. It feels soulless. Yeah. So It's too clean. It's too sterile. I mean, like I'm happy Stephen King got his bag and he has this great production deal where all of his like work is, is, is I don't, getting a, a reconnaissance, but you know, I, I, like, I we need a new Stephen King scary. already. We need something new. Just scare me. Already. How many like, times do I need to watch scary. Firestarter? How many times do do we really need a fucking show based on dairy? No. Like, what is the point of that? I don't get it. Like, the well, story's and also, done. Like, I feel like this is why so many of his stories suffer is because like he doesn't really dig into his. He's always just like it's this. Uh, uh, omnipresent sense of evil that's sort of like timeless but he doesn't dig into like how it manifests he doesn't dig into like it just doesn't feel real because it's just kind of ooh, it's spooky and like he doesn't i feel like he doesn't dig in deeper than that and i and i've seen someone who's like read a lot of stephen king's books and enjoyed a lot of his work i love the shining obviously i really like um, dr sleep yeah. the director's cut yeah but that movie too like that movie ends with like Okay, they're gonna, they're just talking to each oh, other. Rose the Hat got done dirty. No, exactly. You know what's a good streaming movie that I saw recently was Leave the World Behind, and I don't know if you've seen it. You let, but oh, I, I enjoyed it. It, it scared oh, me. It. it that movie for some reason like affected me. Other than the ending, just because Friends, Friends. I don't know. <laughs> to me, that was the only part where I just couldn't wrap my head around, but. You're not the only one. I had a friend text me. She was like, I should not have watched that before falling asleep. I'm I like, that with, movie was scared you. That's that, a bullet. That movie, right before bed, I watched it. Literally, I started at like 12, <laughs> and I think it, it was like two hours long, and it it's, ended yeah, at like long. two. And then, okay, the ending with it's the goofy. friends, I was Come like, on. really? But. It, All those deer looking at her, that's goofy. It, it like. <laughs> played with some part of my brain where it was like this is very much possible with the society we live in no like if if all of a sudden no one's Wi-Fi doing was gone, no one's gonna be doing havana syndrome to you guys uh, come on the other thing was like the boat at i don't, I don't oh well yeah. you want to see, see me on a beach so well <laughs> 
See, but uh, okay, this is a great example of like what I was talking about, where it's like to me the CGI just looked goofy. It did. So I was it like, did. okay, yeah, I can understand the premise of this is like a little unsettling, but like the CGI looked goofy. So I was like, okay, this boat is kind of whack. And like the scene where Ethan Hawke is like lost, and then he literally just says, "Is like I am lost because I don't have Wi-Fi." And I'm like, well, you just said, you just explained <laughs> it out loud. Like I'm not, you know, like I got that already. But, but thank you for spelling it out for me. It's so true though. I, I know it's true. Sometimes I'll put GPS for, like, I drive everywhere, of course. But, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will put GPS for places I know how to get to. You just want to see the line on the map. I just have it up on CarPlay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, so, don't, don't worry. Know. Listen, the... The 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 coup the U the coup in the U.S. is not going to be coming from any foreign military. Let me tell you that. Let's, uh, what I didn't be, understand though, it's like, coming it, from inside the house. <laughs> there were a lot of weird, random things. Like, why was Julia like Julia Roberts was playing a very strange Karen? I know, I know. It, it is very, to me. It was like a very it was a very like Obama esque version of End of the World. It's like we're gonna talk about race, but not too deeply, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It it. I think it need it, for a movie that was fucking two hours long. It needed like an extra twenty minutes. And even though it was very much like in your face, on the nose, it explained things for you. It on one hand it did, and on the other hand it didn't. Like it didn't tell us too much about what next, what's going on, really. Like you had like Arabic pamphlets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I needed know. more. I... I needed a little bit more. I needed less. <laughs> less. Did you like the Tesla scene? No, do, I do, thought it was cheesy. <laughs> do you think Elon Musk liked the Tesla scene? It was goofy. Why were they all white? That's stupid. I mean, almost, um, well, it's like the only color you can get them. I think it's like white, black. Oh, really? Yeah. They only have like I mean, four colors I... you can pick from and almost everyone okay, picks so white. Okay, so why weren't there four colors? So... I don't know. I don't know, but if if they lose electricity, like I don't know. Whoa. See, it's a goofy movie. It is. It is. I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you what the they. Okay, so of course it's a very creepy premise, and I and I and I am a jaded, broken soul. So like nothing affects me except for spiders. Um, but the the thing that went on in that movie was that they characters and you can always tell when like something's been adapted from a book. This is like I'm like oh it's gonna be bad. They um explain their feelings they the characters explain their feelings and or the thesis of the movie out loud multiple times and you don't need to do that when you're doing a film you can show things you can cut things together to make your point you don't have to have a character on screen saying this is what this movie is about um that's what a book is a book you have to do that because you only have words um so that was like I think the 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 fatal flaw of this movie. It's hard to adapt stuff. Like it's really really hard to adapt stuff well. Um, and they they tried. It looked very flashy, but yeah. <laughs> That's my leave the world behind hate. <laughs> and, and, but I but caveat I do want to see um, a apocalypse uh, post apocalypse um, sitcom with Ethan Hawke. Mahershala Ali and Kevin Bacon as like three awkward dads. Okay. I like Ethan Hawke. Love him. (laughs) 
So, well, what's going on at Horror Press? What do you guys have cooking for the next month? So, January was all Jollos related. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to especially like talk about a special release. We can talk about it. I watched it this morning. You did. I I, I didn't watch it, so <laughs> um, it kind of worked out because I didn't watch it. So there you go. I was very excited to watch it though because I love French films. I love mm-hmm. Jalo, mm-hmm. and I love Altered Innocence. Mm-hmm. So those are three things that are like big in my like movie centric life. Um, I just didn't watch it. But The Strangler did get a, I think it was a 2K release. Yeah. That they're doing like limited releases in theaters. Um, nice. It's like an old 1970s French Jalo film, which mm-hmm. I'm sure lots of cinephiles will argue is it a Jalo, is it not? The same way people are bitching that Suspiria is not Jalo. Who's saying that? Instagram. <laughs> so um, we did a Jalo, I mean, a Suspiria giveaway. And um, if you're signed up for a newsletter, you got a little advantage and all you had to do was comment Suspiria is Jalo. And then, of course, when people started seeing people comment Suspiria is Jalo, there were film bros saying Suspiria is not, in fact, Jalo. Even though we checked our sources, Fangoria even agrees. Listen, you're always going to have a 30% dissenting opinion, so. But yeah, so January we did Jalo. Next month is found footage. So February will be found footage. So it's all going to be fun found footage shit. Um, And soon we will start doing a new giveaway. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I'm pretty sure VHS is getting like a three-piece box set. So I think we're going to do a VHS giveaway for Found Footage Month. Well, listeners, um, if you haven't subscribed to their newsletter, what are you waiting for? It's not going to like be spam. It's going to be a great time. And you're going to get um, little sneaks and peeks. Yeah, it's literally every 11th of the month. It's only one newsletter. It's not like there we're you spamming go. you every week or anything. It's just on the 11th of every month, we send out the one email. And um, Tiffany does this cool thing like an awareness check and we have like little extras in there and as well we give the advantage for the giveaway so yeah don't you know my inbox is filled with um like bills and spam so um give yourself a little bit of joy and have some like fun horror content yeah yeah um we also we like to like plan things out like far in advance i'm pretty sure march is going to be all remakes so you know tons of good remakes well not that many tons of bad remakes we're gonna have them all and and also don't be shy like tell us in the comments like what you think of uh uh what's your favorite remake what's your favorite found footage yeah we haven't started yet doing the articles yet so if there's any articles you want to see on special remakes or specific things bad ones good ones listicles let us know tell us what you think what is your letterbox let everyone know you can find me at bad critic on letterbox and i use letterbox mostly to just like track what i've been watching so you can get a sense of what i'm feeling with whatever's coming out um and uh what i'm trying to power through 
Um, but uh, especially follow me on Instagram because that's where I do most of my writing. Instagram or you can find me on Medium as well at Bad Critic. Um, and I've got some stuff coming up this uh, next couple weeks. Some fun posts, some very sad posts. I'm probably going to write about Zone of Interest in the next couple, uh, couple weeks. Um, and Oscar stuff is coming out soon. So um, I'm going to do my best to provide some kind of coverage, even though I hate the Oscars. Uh, and Oppenheimer is probably going to win everything. I have yet to see Oppenheimer. I just, well, I, Twitter culture has just ruined the movie for me, and I don't think I'll be seeing it. So, I took shrooms and watched it. <laughs> really? I mean, I I recently saw that it was on IMAX playing at someone's theater, and it was like sold out still. The, I will say, um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I think it embodies a lot of Christopher Nolan's ideas about time and memory that he has I think he has struggled to express in the last um, several films that he's made um, and I think it had an interesting structure I liked the trial within a trial structure the explosion sequence in the middle of the movie was truly incredible um, and that was not just the uh, enhanced substances talking like I went back and watched it several times because I thought it was absolutely incredible um there's a lot of flaws to it, especially when you know um, more about the history of, of Oppenheimer. I walked away think, surprised that I, I walked away thinking I was, I was expecting him to, um, um, uh, to humanize Oppenheimer a lot, uh, a lot, and he didn't as much as he, I thought he would. So I walked away initially impressed. But the more that I've learned about the guy, the more I feel like he really does try to ascribe a kind of guilty conscious to someone that I don't I don't think had that capacity well if it ever comes to streaming I'll be sure to watch it the way he intended on my iPhone yeah you just do to piss off Noel (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you for having me on this is always a blast thank you for torturing me and tickling me and everything it was a great time yeah I mean it was a very fun first episode of the new season um Mm -hmm. Hoping to do these more regularly. Real life gets in the way sometimes. Oh, yeah, sometimes we're just busy puking. Yes. So also follow me on Letterbox. I made the resolution that I'm going to try to track everything as well. I'm at Aw Real Blogger, like Aw Real Monsters. Like ah. And um, yeah. So anyway, that wraps up episode 20 of our podcast. It's been a nightmare. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you think. And be sure to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Yeah, definitely leave us a review. We look forward to seeing you soon for the next episode of the Horror Press Podcast. Bye. Bye.